0: He's an Axis lover. Hey, I'm an everything lover. (laughs) I don't discriminate. Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Hello, welcome back to the RC Roundtable. Thanks for joining us. I'm Fitzwalker. And joining me today is Lee Ray. Hello. And Terry Dunn. Top of the morning to you. Hi, me lads. And we got a very special guest. We have the Mr. David Hart. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hey, thanks for joining us. Yep, thanks for having me. And okay. we should okay. ask, are you okay with Dave or do you prefer David?
1: Either way, it doesn't matter. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll call you Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Bob. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So, first up, we've got a little bit of industry news. Uh, some interesting things have happened. Uh, first, I, you know, uh, yeah, I'm surprised and not surprised, but it, it's just, it's just amazing. It, it's, you know, what it is, it's hey,
2: human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together,
0: mass hysteria. <laughs> yes. Horizon and Tower Hobbies. We know they merged. And now Tower Hobbies is selling uh, Horizon products, such as Spectrum radios and Force RC products. It's like, I don't know, up is down, down is up. Are we in Bizarro World here? They're putting Pepsi in Coke bottles. Uh, Yes. This is worse than chocolate in your peanut butter, isn't it?
3: (laughs) So we knew something like this was coming, Uh right? (laughs)
2: <laughs> to me, I was gonna say it's like having two Starbucks is like across the street from each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sells Dunkin' Donuts uh, coffee too.
2: I, uh, it's just uh, well, it's just that you're you've got two websites, two you know hobby shops that are <laughs> in the same state and could you, uh, they're in the same city. Yeah, and they're selling the same products. And so really, it just depends on what mood you feel like uh, logging into which account. Because <laughs> I have a I have a Horizon and Tower hobby, so which who do I want to buy the Spectrum from? But, you know, Horizon never really had a retail arm like Great Plains did with
3: Tower. So, to me, it makes a lot of sense. They're leveraging Tower's reach and their, their website and all that good stuff for retail work and just adding their products to it. Go Horizon. Yeah,
0: That's a good point. Yeah, so, you, you see the advantage that Tower it had with their uh, mail-order arm and direct sales to customers, uh, I, I never really saw that in the horizon. I seem to be more hobby shop centric, which is nothing wrong with that. But
3: well, Yeah, you can buy from the website, but it's not the kind of you know all-inclusive get my wheel colors and all that too at the yeah. same time. So it, I see this as a good thing. I agree, it's a little odd, but it's a natural progression of what's going on there. And a heck of a lot better than tower just going away.
0: Oh yeah, agreed it's just you know you, it's uh you know something you're, you got to get your head wrapped around it that you know nothing's the same anymore things are going to be different and so that's just the way it is you know well it's a debate that's i mean there some people
2: have their views about spectrum versus vitaba uh, pc versus mac canon versus <coughs> nikon i'm sorry Did come out? <laughs> um, and in this case maybe they're saying you know we know there are people who are are big tower hobbies fans Or they're the, the, uh, the member discount. And so they want to continue to let those guys stay on the Tower Hobbies website. Cause, you know, there, I've, I've seen the arguments about people just not liking Horizon for some reason. So, um, you're right. I, I agree with Terry. The, the benefit here is we're not losing Tower Hobbies. It's, it's been a staple for many, many years. And I'd like to see them continue on me because we were talking on a previous episode of what brands might we lose? With this, you know, could we possibly lose Great Plains or Flyzone, or we were talking about hoarding Monaco. So yeah, if we can keep them out and keep people buying hobby items, uh, more power to them.
0: Well, you're talking about brand losing brands. We we get the news that Futaba is opening a service center in Alabama. Could that mean that Futaba is breaking off from Tower slash Horizon?
2: That's, um, uh, yeah, that's an interesting, I mean, it's going to be a service center, so they're just making sure people who are Futaba fans, and I, I've, again, seen that argument, some people are, are dropping their Spectrum radios and saying Futaba's better, and I've, I've got Futaba radios, um, but yeah, I think my concern over that is not talking about the service center, but will they still be selling Futaba, you know, or is, is Horizon going to push Spectrum more?
3: At the Indications to me seem like Futaba is no longer going to be part of their
0: line and Spectrum's taken over. Gotcha. Yeah. But that's just a guess. because yeah, Tower or or, or Hobbico, the parent company at one point, they sold Tactic, High Tech, Futaba. Am you I know, missing something? They had at least three brands, maybe a fourth. Heath Kit. Heath
2: Hey I Ace. want to interject real quick. Hey David, uh do you fly correct?
1: Yeah, I uh fly uh, electric stuff, small electric stuff. Good, we approve. <laughs>
2: yeah. Fits yeah. and I approve greatly. Uh I'm sure Terry does too. He's an electric guy. Uh what is your uh choice of radio? Uh the Spectrum. Yeah. Okay.
1: Spectrum is what I use um I'm, I'm a big uh big park zone warbird guy too. I like the uh the World War II stuff. So that's a lot of my collection (laughs) is the, the foamy stuff.
3: Oh, good. Yeah. I like my stuff is perfect for that.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, just having the, the time and the space and the storage for the big stuff. I just, just don't have that kind of, that kind of storage and time for it. So I, I, I like to have something I can just throw in the back of the car and go out to a field or a local club and just fly for a little bit. So.
2: Sounds good. So here's a question for everybody. If we got, Horizon and Tower, we always think of them as probably number one and number two, and I'm not—we're not, not going to say Hobby King because you know we have Terry on the on the phone here. Uh, but uh, who would be your third choice of, of, or who would you consider being the third most popular online store? in general, are we talking radios? In general.
3: Oh, I, at one time I would have said Hobby Lobby, but good point. Know. I don't think that's the case anymore since they're gone. Hmm. I don't know. I think that uh, third spot has fluctuated a bit over the years. Yeah, I, I have two that come to mind. Either maybe a Maine or Atlanta Hobby. Yeah, also big ones.
2: Northeast Sailplanes was big for a while.
0: Yeah, they were. And it
2: also disappeared. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you guys are doing that because I was going to mention a company called All ERC that I used to buy a lot oh, yeah. uh, early on. Uh, I haven't bought from them in a while, and that's when they were I was doing a lot of Hyperion batteries and my Hyperion chargers. So, oh, you know, All ERC was one. And Terry, you nailed it. I think that third spot is is kind of up there now. I think Hobby King is one of the. Biggest, I i feel. Yeah, sorry they're one of the biggest. Aren't <laughs> so, David, you're unaware of this unless you keep up with our podcast. But Terry is not a fan of Hobby King, and I'll, I, <laughs> I'll, I have an account with Hobby King, so I would consider them the number three. But if we if we took them out, you can just see where there is a huge, you know, variety of other vendors out there that, that could fill that. And I, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of hoping that with this merger with Har- Horizon and Tower. You know, some other hobby shop might say, "You know what? I'm going to take advantage of this and and try to squeeze in that slot and become more popular." And that's good for the hobby. So, I'm I'm curious who it might uh, might turn out to be. Well, have to revisit this next year or next month. It's a
3: volatile <laughs> market right now.
2: All right. Well, so,
0: so we well, gotta... let's talk
3: about Futaba real quick. Yeah. We saw that there's a service center, but I didn't see any indication that they're going to be selling stuff. And I don't know how. Futaba fans will be buying
2: their stuff in the future.
3: Is that still up in the air?
2: No pun intended. Um, well, I mean, I still have two Futaba radios, so I, and I don't use them very yeah, often. But
3: what if you wanted three? That's my
2: question. Okay. Yeah, well, Where would you go? I. Well, it kind of goes back to what I just said. There's going to be another hobby shop that might step in and and be, you know. Contacted by Futaba and said, hey, we need a new retailer. And then they become the Futaba store. Well, let's hope.
3: Hmm. I like and my Futaba stuff.
2: I like my Spectrum stuff. I like my high-tech stuff. I like my Tactic stuff. I'm going to jump in real quick and, and, and mention that uh, you know I've reviewed a Tactic radio. My first transmitter that I got had a, an older firmware. And Tactic kind of dropped the ball on doing firmware updates on your own. They had it set up in the radio, but they never distributed the device needed to actually plug it in and, and do the upgrade. So I was able to send it in to, I say HobbyCo, I knew my air quotes, because I started doing the paperwork with HobbyCo. <laughs> and then when I called to, uh, to confirm the address, I got in a, a touch with Horizon <laughs> customer service rep. So I, I, in any case, I was able to get it to a new address, get my radio in, and I got it back within a week. And it was covered uh, free of charge to do the firmware update. So the good news is, you know, they were still servicing Tactic. But on a on a forum I was mentioning to some other people, I I seriously doubt Tactic will, uh, will survive this merger. And yeah, I,
3: I expect more changes on the Tactic and Flyzone fronts. But we'll see. Yeah,
2: you know, I think the SLT is going to go by the wayside. They're going to push everything to Spectrum.
3: All right, we've beat this to death.
2: Let's talk <laughs> about something else. <laughs> Speaking of Spectrum... Compatible aircraft.
0: <laughs> yeah, take it away. Lee.
2: Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we were we were uh, discussing you know what kind of plane do we want to talk about and uh, the Horizon Hobby or E Flight or whoever they're going to call themselves soon, <laughs> Parkside E Flight Horizon Hobby. Uh, they have a they have re released the GB the R two. This is a model that came out in 2011 and. I have seen it. There was a guy at Best who had one. It was just a little gnat uh, flying around, and at the time that came with AS3X, and now they've added Safe to this uh, re-release. And I, I've been searching the manuals and photos and old reviews. It looks exactly the same. So all they've done is improve the motor by how much? Six hundred KV, same prop, and. <laughs> <coughs> It took away the battery and charger, <laughs> charged a little less, but you still have to spend the money to get a battery and a charger. Um, and and like I said, have the GBI. It seemed very popular. The thread on RC groups was 4,000 replies long. So it, it seems very popular. The, the video I see, I always enjoy the landings because they're just, you know, <laughs> 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 I don't think I saw one landing on that GB that was perfect. Most of them were just kind of crawling on the ground. Um, But what are y'all's thoughts on
0: this TV? Well, well, you you sort of disparaged it a little bit, but I (laughs) also saw that at the uh, best uh, some years ago, and to be honest, I was actually really impressed with it. You forgot to mention that the guy was doing knife edge passes with the thing the whole length of the field. Okay, I just was like, the
2: fuselage is bigger than the wing.
0: (laughs) I was, I was waving my hands, going, "What is that? (laughs) (laughs) That's what is that (laughs) thing? It it may be small, but it flies really, really good." Okay. Have you actually flown one? I have not flown one, but uh, the way I, when I saw it, I had to stop and observe it for a while because I was just so impressed how well it flew. Uh, anybody else? Terry?
3: Gary? No, I'm sure I've seen one, but I'm surprised the original had AS3X. I thought it was just a dumb brick.
0: No, it definitely <laughs> had some stabilization. I could see it when okay. I am flying. Yeah, Probably very okay. early, you know, beta version one or something, but it was a, a good enough to keep it really stable. So.
2: Okay. Dave, have you seen the GB, the UMX?
1: No, I haven't seen it in person. I don't think I saw the original one either. So
2: You, you probably did see it, but it just went right by you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's to be honest, it's been a while since I've been out to the field. So, uh, no, I haven't seen one.
2: Well, so, you know, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So have you ever photographed a GB?
1: Uh, I have uh, photographed the gas one, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah they're I rare.
1: Heard, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've only seen one or two models in person.
3: Yeah, you don't see them very often. No, so. no. Uh Kiyosho had one for a while. Kyosho did. Adrian Page used to make a kit that was pretty popular. I don't know if that's still around. Yeah.
0: So there's yeah. been a few. So, so I'm guessing this UMX GB is about what quarter scale, right? <laughs>
3: With a 20 inch <laughs> wingspan. <laughs> Something
0: like that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Well, it makes sense for it to be more or less the same plane. They still have all the molds and everything. They have to save costs in manufacturing. Upgrade the motor, upgrade the electronics, and go at it. That seems logical to me, actually. And it was a really nice flying plane. It seems people like it. So, yeah, I've had it. Yeah, so 130 bucks, bind
3: and fly, due in mid-June. And we've been requested to do a three-view on this.
2: Did you know that? Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I want y'all's opinions on this, though. I I did some research, and I think, I believe, and I could be wrong, but uh, from what I've discovered online, I think the original price of this plane back in 2011 was 175 as a bind and fly, and that came with a battery and charger. So now the price is what 130? Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it's 130, but they're not including the battery or a charger. So what are your thoughts on them taking those off? Because part of me is, like, it's an $8 battery. Why are you not
0: throwing that in there? Um, I can see that the charger. I have plenty of chargers. I last thing I need is another charger. Uh, the battery. Um, uh, you say that, but this is that special
2: connector. Terry and I had this discussion because he made me a plane with this, connect, uh, this battery, and, and uh, I had to buy one of those little uh, balance adapters. It's a $9, you know. So it has banana plugs on one side, and it switches to this special 2S Uh-oh. connector. But I just I just think for, the again, a binding fly, something you have in the box and ready to go, they should have tossed in a battery.
0: Maybe a battery, but I've got one of those spider wire connectors on my charger, so it's got like 10 different types of connectors or more on it. So I, It looks like it has 100. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that spaghetti-ness. But, yeah, I'm going to put on my uh, economics hat here. It still sounds like it's lower with inflation. If it's 129 versus 179 even with an $8 battery, um, you're probably getting a better deal now than you did back then. Yeah, I'm sure.
3: And tell me, do you know
0: any person that owns only one of these
3: UMX planes? Yeah, true. I know Everybody I know has at least four or five, and they have a, a box full of batteries. So, I don't know. That, not
0: a big
3: you point. talk about it only being an $8 battery, and that argument goes both ways. It's only an $8 battery. So buy one, you cheapskate. <laughs> yeah, quit your bitching. Uh-oh, ah, he's gone that, silent.
2: That's me. <laughs> he's stewing. I'm looking out for my friends out there who want to buy a kitten sans battery.
3: Looking for the voodoo doll of me. Ow! <laughs>
2: <sighs> well, okay, David. <laughs> we have a guest. So, David, do you agree with them that it's just worth... Adding on to your cart an eight dollar battery, but or if you get a bind and fly like this, it, it should probably include. A, I mean, it's a it's a two two what two hundred or two hundred eighty milliamp battery. Yeah, but they that. should just toss one in the box.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the last uh, mini I bought. It's been quite a while. It, it came with the battery. So all right. So here's uh, some yeah, I,
3: I'm sorry. Um, go ahead, David.
1: I I think it should come with a battery. Uh, you know, unless this battery can be used in other uh, other some of the other ultra. Um, micro models they have. I mean, is this battery interchangeable with some of the other models they have?
2: I oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's its been on the... They have a P47, maybe, that, that uses the okay. same... So you can use
1: the same battery on multiple models, and that, that might make sense then. Yeah, I you
2: think know. there's a PITS, a WACO that use the same battery.
3: But I wonder... Let's look at it from a different perspective. With all the new shipping regulations, I wonder if it's much easier for them to separate batteries on some
2: <laughs> stuff great you had to use logic
3: yeah sorry <laughs> yeah all well, right i don't know if that's the case but it's a the theory i see okay good all right good so we'll keep this there. one on our radar
0: yeah three view three view three view
2: all right uh so yeah talk to horizon tell me we need a three view <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, I'm going to wave my magic wand.
2: We'll see what okay. happens.
0: Thanks. <laughs> mm. Well, so, speaking of uh, UMX, Terry, it looks like you've had some uh, fun and games with your own little UMX project. Uh, at least we'll That's talk. right.
3: I can wrap up my talk about the Micro C47 and Waco Glider project that I've been doing. I don't remember exactly how far we got before, but basically... I built the glider, and I used one of the Flyzone bricks for controlling that, and that's a two-channel job. So it was rudder and elevator, and I had my little electromagnet to release, towed it behind the Flyzone C-47, and things did not go well. The glider was kind of squirrely, and the drag of the glider swaying around would pull the C-47 below stall speed. So I wasn't sure what was causing it, so I took the nuclear option, I built a second walkout glider, and this time I put in a spectrum receiver with SAFE, and I know I bag on SAFE all the time because I don't see a whole lot of utility for it, but I'm changing my ways. I see utility for SAFE now. So it was basically the same glider, 10% bigger, it uses the wing from the UMX Champ, and I also added ailerons, and I tell you what, it, it's like a whole different airplane. When it was being towed, the glider pilot could go completely hands-off, didn't once have to touch the sticks during the entire flight, the entire tow flight. And you you can release it from the glider. And I would guess that if you lined up the glider in the right way when you released it, you wouldn't have to fly it back down to the ground either. But wow. the, the safe transformed it completely from an unmanageable airplane into a complete pussycat. Impressive. So. Yeah, I, I was blown away. So, like the first glider, I did my glide test uh, with hand launches and a high start at first, just to get the thing trimmed out and see how it feels. So, an interesting thing here, with safe activated, the high start is more like a, a, a bungee launch that you would do for a, an EDF, because the safe doesn't let the nose pitch up like it normally would on a high start. So, what I was doing was disabling safe during the launch, and as soon as it came off the the high start I would enable safe, but it would just go. It would just whatever direction it was pointing when I enabled safe, it would just maintain level flight and go that direction. It was really cool. So that's the good news. The bad news is that the C47 still didn't have enough power and it would very easily stall and spin in. So I tried flying with a high voltage LiPo battery to get more power out of it. That helped but it's still not practical. What is practical are these brushless UMX planes we were talking about. There was a guy there with the Cessna 182, and that worked well. And then there was a guy there with the UMX timber, and that worked amazing. The timber just snatched this thing right off the ground and hauled it vertically into the air, both of them climbing (laughs) vertically. So that wasn't exactly the ascent I was hoping for, but it works fine. And... We were able to do circuits around the field with the glider latched on. It was pretty much like our larger AeroTo stuff. It works. So, in that sense, this project has been a success.
0: Wow, that's neat. Yeah. Hopefully, you fact, got some those video. those of video you who have that. been
2: staying tuned, the UMX Timber uses a 2S 280 milliamp battery. <laughs> and, and <laughs> so, if so you buy the, the GB, GB yeah, you got a Timber.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one actually has a. Higher KV motor than the Cessna, I believe. There, I thought they only had one version, but
2: there's apparently a few out there. Yeah, the Cessna so, is a I'm looking planet right now. The other one is a three thousand. So I don't, it doesn't show what the KV is on the Cessna, but, uh, but the I like
3: that did fine too. I mean, it it, it wow. wasn't lagging at all.
2: But that sounds cool. I like that. I I don't think I you told me about the timber towing, but cool. So yeah, so, those
0: things are beasts. So you were towing in safe mode or the. Uh, uh, the lesser mode?
3: Well, I have not tried towing with only AS-3X. I've only done tows with SAFE okay. so far.
0: How, how, did it, so, how did it handle turns
3: under under undertow? It just stays behind the plane. Just better than we have ever done flying manually, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: well, that's a little bar to set.
3: Because, <laughs> you know, SAFE doesn't correct and yaw. So it's not trying to keep going straight when the tow plane turns. okay. It's just okay. keeping the wings level and the nose level. Okay, that will throw me off. You're right. Okay, that makes that sense. That was out. my original concern, though. Oh, man, this thing's going to try to keep going straight and pull the toe plane. But no, it, it's only controlling the elevator and aileron.
0: And That's perfect. So, yeah,
3: exactly. So conceivably, if somebody wanted to get crazy, not that I'm admitting anything here, they could fly an aerotow by
2: themselves. Just gonna throw that out there. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna get off topic just a teeny bit, but can you run the glider without the transmitter on? Give you uh, brand safe? Would it? Okay. No, I don't think
0: it would do anything without the transmitter.
2: Because I was you, you had me thinking about rocket gliders. I have an SS rocket glider that just you know launches and it just you know this piddles on the way down. But I just wondered if you could put a type of little. It's really just a gyro, but. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking for a small, bits.
0: Yeah, <laughs> rocket glider. Yeah, they fly yeah, them there.
2: Cause yeah. yeah, Tom does a lot of rocket glider stuff. Yeah. Uh, get a rocket glider with
0: safe. I was also thinking, just give yourself your own toes, right? Just put your your glider uh, transmitter like on a holster on your hip or something, or on the ground, and tow up the plane, release it, land it, and then pick up the other transmitter and look for thermals. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: You,
3: the safe is flying for you, yeah. for the most part. Now, I don't know if that's against some AMA policy or something. It probably is,
0: but... Yeah. How about three? <laughs> <We're talking> about... <laughs> 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 but they don't know they can't... Uh, I uh, can tell five. Can. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep it our little secret. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's yeah. another thing. You know those You know those models where you have a whole bunch of planes in formation? Oh, no, no. <laughs> 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 Instead of having them all linked hard, hard... Together, you can have them uh, all have safe and just tow a bunch of. Okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> you're stressing now.
2: We're going to stop at the rocket glider idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right,
1: all right. It sounds like that sounds like that safe technology has come a long way. I remember when I first got into flying yeah. RC, um, the Cub had some kind of safe thing, but it really wasn't that great. This is back in 2009 when I first got into it, but it sounds like it's come a long way.
3: Yeah, I think you're right, and. They continued to, especially on the UMX planes, they continue to make it, I think, more user-friendly. Um, I had a version from a couple of years ago that I pulled the receiver out of one plane and scratch-built another, and the gains were just all wonky for the new plane. And they have an adapter where you're supposed to be able to change the gains and all that, but that never worked. But from what I understand, you can interface on your phone now and set up this kind of stuff. So wow. it continues to get better, and... Until recently, I never really had uh, an experience with SAFE that I was excited to talk about. But to, to me, this is a, a new user scenario.
0: Yeah, uh, we've been guilty on the show of dragging SAFE through the mud a little bit. and uh, But it, it does sound like they're, they're really maturing the uh, technology and the user interfaces to where um, it's much more of a benefit than a, a, a decrement. Well-
3: yeah, I think before we always looked at it only as a learning tool, yeah. and then so then it comes down to the point: you've got to learn sooner or later. So is this a crutch or is it actually a useful tool? And now that at least I see a different way to use it, I'm I'm swaying towards the useful tool side. Are you yeah. are you able to turn it off? Yeah, there's um, three flight modes um, that you can do. On two of them, it's
0: AS3X only, and the third one is AS3X and safe. Okay. I actually have a plane I've been thinking about using it in. I have an old uh, ducted fan that I built from a short, it's kind of a short kit. It's a step rod. And it's a neat plane, but uh, about 30% of the launches, it'll immediately flip inverted on you. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Uh, and something. Well, this would be a great candidate for the uh, AS3X. And just keep it stabilized enough so it doesn't, you know, just do wonky things as soon as you hand launch it. Yeah. Give it a go. And
3: on these, the receivers aren't that expensive. I forget where the receiver itself was, Mm -hmm. but um, they had the T-28s on sale at the same time. So I just bought a UMX T-28 that had the safe receiver and got a few servos out of the deal, too. And, yeah, that was a weird deal because it's the first time I've ever opened a a ready-to-fly kit and scavenged it before I ever flew it.
0: (laughs) You murderer! What did it ever do to you?
2: So. Anyway, I'll get back to it one day. So, uh, you, did you mention the commander? What about it? You were looking at considering that as a tow or something? Oh, no, I don't think the air commander in its
3: current form. It's too fast.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it ripped the wings <laughs> off. So? <laughs> that's so bad. Uh, I think... Well, judging are, your
3: high videos, it was pretty dark path. Well, that's true. <laughs> but... What I've been considering is if I can get my hands on a wrecked Arrow Commander just pulling all the guts out of it, putting them in the C-47, and that would be like those turboprop conversions. So I think the C-47 would work okay then. Hmm. But I don't know. i got to get my hands on a wrecked Arrow Commander. and I'm not willing to hack this one up yet. I still have plans for it.
2: Hmm. So... Are you going to get another UMX kind of plane, like a Timber? Or I see that the uh, Sport Cub is with BF and safe.
3: All right. I, I will divulge my secret plans here. Uh-huh. I would like right. to get a Timber and a Whippet. But the Whippet doesn't have safe. So we'll see if AS-3X alone is enough for a stable
0: tow. All right. More to come. All right, okay, so well, speak of more to come, uh let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Freeze break! Okay, so we're back, and uh, as we mentioned before, we're joined this episode with David Hart. Uh, If you've never heard of David Hart, um, he's a master photographer, and he's photographed lots of stuff, in particular, model aircraft. In fact, he's been in and on the covers of various model magazines uh, we looked at some of his uh, work and it was just too many to name if it's if you uh, model magazine you've heard of he's probably been on the cover of it with one of his uh, outstanding photographs and along with uh, various event reports and such and uh, so it's a great pleasure to have David join us today and uh, Dave thanks for joining us. Yeah thanks for the kind words and uh, thanks for having me on.
2: No, I'm no going to add real quick, if you guys have been uh, keeping up with our RC Roundtable Facebook page, I have been sharing David's photos from Top Gun. So that's that's the guy we're talking to, the guy who's been producing those amazing photos that you've been looking at. Yeah, They are all over Facebook. You're blowing up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I uh, sometimes wonder where they end up on Facebook. but.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. I've been giving you credit. <laughs> no, no. That's,
1: yeah, most people do, but sometimes you, you... – they uh, end up places that uh, you don't expect them to. So
0: <laughs> we don't talk about the dark web. <laughs>
1: you know, speaking of magazines, I've uh, I've seen some magazines before where they've used some of my photos and advertisements and stuff, and you can just see some of my watermark it has been cut off or oh. things like that. So oh, that's
0: not cool.
2: <laughs> and
1: I'm sure they got them off of Facebook too. You know, so. oh,
2: that's that's happened to me too.
0: So yeah. so, so Dave, so. where where are you located?
1: I'm actually located in a city called Oviedo, Florida um it's about 30 minutes outside of orlando so i usually tell people orlando because everybody knows where orlando is at but uh yeah, yeah i've lived, lived, uh, lived in the orlando area my whole life so
0: interesting well uh, terry's from uh, florida not too far from there and I, I went to school there for a while so but i don't remember every year of evita i go to the beach there <laughs> <laughs> you go on the panhandle lee we're talking Central Florida. Okay, yeah, I don't go. I don't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, is photography your main uh, uh, career, or is this just a side thing that you do? No, photography It's mostly
1: a hobby for me. I mean, I make a little bit of money on it here and there. Um, I actually sell fire sprinkler systems for a living. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I've been working for a company uh, for a little over 18 years now, doing uh, fire sprinkler stuff. So, oh. so yeah, that's that's. Like I said, photography is more of a hobby for me. I really enjoy doing it, and I've met a lot of great people doing it. So.
2: Okay, well, here's the here's the hint: you need to stop giving away your photos and start charging for them because you <laughs> should be making a lot of money on your photography.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I do sell some of them. Um, I've had people offer me money for them, and I do have a website where I actually sell my stuff too, where it's not just airplane stuff; it's it's just about anything you can think of. Um, but uh, yeah, um. You know, with, with the RC stuff, it's it's more of a niche. You know, there's not a lot of money in it. Um, but uh, like I said, I really enjoy doing it. And I do I do make a little money here and there, so
0: it helps helps pay for my camera equipment a little bit. So, uh, just a quick thing mm-hmm. on your background. Uh, you're now you're an RC uh, flyer yourself. How long have you been flying model airplanes?
1: Yeah. So um, the kind of background how I got into airplanes. Um, my dad started taking my brother and I to uh, air shows when we were little kids. So I've always loved airplanes. And I um, always thought that getting into RC would be really expensive. And they started coming out with these foamies. Um, so I decided to go to the local hobby shop and get one of the, uh, the Park Zone Cub. That was back in 2009. That's when I started flying RC. Of course, I went in there looking at the, the coolest looking Warbird They had like a, a P-38 or a Corsair or whatever. Yeah, and uh fortunately <laughs> fortunately the guy behind the counter said you don't want to start with that because it'll you'll you'll last in the hobby maybe 30 seconds and you'll be done with it so um fortunately i took his advice and i bought the cub and that's where i started so so
3: and, you're uh, self taught
1: yep yep self taught just took the cub out to a field and Started flying it. I had a little bit of issue at the beginning, but, uh, um, once I figured out you didn't need to fly full throttle the whole time, uh, help. So. Yeah, it's not an on-off switch. I know yeah, a lot are very exactly.
3: experienced modelers who still haven't figured that out.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs>
1: Trust me. The events I go to, there's, there's, uh, there's some the people I have to watch out for, but, because <laughs> they're full throttle the whole time. But, uh, but that's kind of how I got started was back in 09. and, um, uh, I had a couple local fields close to me and where I could go. And there was some guys that flew at a, a school, a high school track, uh, that I met up with. I started flying, but, uh, and then, uh, my second airplane was the Corsair and I haven't looked back since with the Warbirds. I love,
0: I'm a big World War II guy. So oh, yeah. that's the kind of why. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel you. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> that's my favorite genre too. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's an, in- He's an Axis lover. Hey, I'm an everything lover. I don't discriminate. I don't
2: know. Your inventory would tell otherwise. Hey, well, I got a Corsair hanging next to a Zero. Yeah, but who's who's in front of who?
0: That's not important right now. So, uh, now were you into photography too as well at early age or did it just something that just occurred naturally or what what how did you merge the two with photography and, and model aviation
1: well I, I always had an interest in photography as a little kid um, but didn't really get um, serious until probably 2010 um, was when I bought my first uh, DSLR and um, my dad and I went to uh, monster planes one of Frank's events uh, I think it was that the year before I think it was 09. We went to Monster Planes, and I had a point shoot camera and uh, started taking pictures. <clears throat> well, a buddy of mine um, is pretty close with Frank, so he sent some of my pictures to Frank. And uh, so Frank contacted me and said, hey, you know, I like your pictures. Um, I'll have you come out for my next event, and um, if, you, if you do well, I'll keep you as my photographer. So I decided, well, you know, I probably should uh, upgrade my from my point shoot to a decent camera. So uh, that's kind of how it all got started uh, with the RC stuff. Um, Like I said, just started with a point and shoot, and always had a love for airplanes. And, you know, getting into the RC uh, stuff kind of got me going towards uh, the photography thing, getting serious with it. So,
3: yeah, it's funny. I was talking with Lee the other day, and we were discussing your background a little bit i said hey lee he's only really been doing this for about eight years and i can't repeat the things that lee said back to me after that but uh clearly you have um some natural talent for this because and I, I wanted to ask this too because you do wildlife pictures and other things but um do you think there's kind of a special skill set that allows you to excel at taking pictures of tiny airplanes? Um, well, I, I definitely think you have to
1: practice a lot with panning. Um, you know, there's there's um, some settings on the camera, too, that I've I've showed some guys, um, and I don't know if you want to get into that now, as far as Please, you know, I'm raising my hand. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's I funny, I have that. a lot of Yeah, it's funny, I have a lot of guys ask me about that, and I have no problems telling them you know what my settings are. I mean, that's I don't I don't care about giving away any secrets or anything like that. So, um, but no, um, typically. But if, stock,
2: if your first secret is buy a Nikon, then I'm going yeah. to have <laughs> to for a while. <laughs> Nikon's have a special yeah. model
3: airplane setting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the reason I went with Nikon is because um, one of my point shoots that I had was a Nikon, just a you know six megapixel, whatever it was, but um, just one of those little tiny ones you stick in your pocket. But so it, it took. Such good pictures, and that was kind of the reason I went with Nikon. Uh, there really was no other reason, but uh, that's kind of why I went with Nikon. Um, you don't have
3: to defend yourself. You're in a safe place. <laughs> I'm a Nikon guy, too.
1: Yeah. But uh, but anyways, the settings um, for the RC stuff, the prop planes, I'll typically set, uh, what? I, well, I'll shoot and shutter priority to begin with is what I shoot. And I don't shoot manual or sport mode or auto or anything like that. I'll, uh, I'll put it in shutter priority. And, um, uh, for the prop planes, typically around one eight hundredth to one one thousandth of a second is what I shoot at. And that usually gives you a pretty decent prop blur. You can still, you know, you usually get quite a few good keepers, uh, as far as keeping the plane sharp. So that's typically what I shoot, um, for prop planes is one eight hundred to one one thousand. Um, I'll let the aperture do what it wants and then I'll also put the ISO on auto um, that way <clears throat> the tree if a plane gets below the tree line or it's cloudy or whatever I'll let the ISO do whatever it wants uh, and let the camera expose for that so the biggest the biggest thing is the shutter shutter priority um, with jets I might crank it up a little bit for jets but typically at 1 1000 it's usually fast enough too for jets so you know you don't have to uh that way you're not always going back and forth on your settings because at some of these events you're going to have all kinds of airplanes up in the air, you know, jets, World War One, World War Two. Uh, so usually one one thousand, one eight hundred is, is the sweet spot for RC stuff.
3: All right. Do you have a favorite lens?
1: Um, well, I just bought a two hundred to five hundred f point f five point six Nikon lens uh, about a month ago, and um, this past event top gun was the first time i really had a chance to use it and I, I, i'm really impressed with it it's it's pretty sharp all the way across it gets a little soft over 400 but it's a good lens i was using the 80 to 400 nikon lens before that and that's that's a really sharp lens too but i wanted something with a little bit extra reach even on a you know a dx body i shoot uh, my latest body is a d500 um which is a crop sensor but it does it does 10 frames per second which is
0: Awesome for a DX body. There aren't many DX bodies out there that'll shoot that fast? So now, I, now I've heard uh, a rule of thumb with with photography is uh, the optics is a little bit more important than the body, in a, in a lot of cases with the DLSR kind of stuff. Any Thoughts on that? You agree, disagree? Or? I, oh
1: yeah. Oh well, yeah. Lens lenses definitely make a huge difference. Um, you know, I've got a Sigma 50 to 500 lens. Um, but it's, it, it's just not around three, three to four hundred. It's okay, but it needs a lot of light and it's, it's just a little too soft. But yeah, lenses really make a difference. So I try and stick with the Nikon lenses if I can. They're not cheap, but, um, to get some of the shots you want to get. That's, it really makes a difference. So, yeah,
0: interesting. Now, I don't know about you, Lee, but his settings don't sound too exotic. Um, uh, but I am intrigued by his, his pan shooting. Uh, I guess, where you you have to follow the the subject instead of just holding the camera still and taking a shot, you really kind of follow through with it as it's moving through the air. Sounds like.
2: Oh yeah, I mean normally when I'm sitting on the runway and I'm panning, my body is turned right as I aim left, <laughs> so I can bring my body, you know, into a comfortable position when it's passing. You just you can't be facing the direction the plane's coming. Yeah. You got to be prepared to be facing the other direction. Uh, but, uh, but I also hear that, uh, David's like on the ground sometimes.
0: Yeah. I see that in the pictures. Yeah. I've seen some low shots and I was like, he's got to be on the ground or kneeling or something. Yeah. On, on, on the,
1: the stuff where I try and get a scale look when they're landing or taking off, I'll lay down. Now I can't really pan too good doing that, but, uh, yeah,
2: I, just, <laughs> yeah. but I notice you do get some really low angle shots. They're great.
1: Yeah. Then now the panning, some, something I've been trying to do a lot lately too, is on takeoff. I'll, I'll really crank the shutter down uh, to like one one sixtieth or one two fifty or something like that, and, and really try and pan with it and try and get that full prop uh, blur, the full arc on the prop, because uh, that's what your eye really sees when they're taking off. So I, I try and I try and do that sometimes. It's a little tough though. There's a there's a uh, phenomenon called parallax. Uh, i'd have to google it but yeah uh,
2: yeah i was gonna say i've
1: yeah. Heard of that but you know you'll one part of the plane will be very sharp in the back of it or another part of it will be blurred out and it's just you know unless that the, the plane is perpendicular to you that happens a lot it has something to do with the angle of the airplane yeah. to your camera if it's perfectly perpendicular to you like a 90 degree angle usually the whole airplane is sharp but uh yeah. um
0: yeah, it's it's it's. I'd have to Google it again, but it's mm-hmm. called parallax, is what it's called. Uh, no, doing the slow shutter speed. Now, now speaking of focus, do you use autofocus or do you manual focus when you're doing these shots?
1: Now, I use uh,
0: autofocus, and
1: I will do a single spot focus uh, on the in the camera. I don't do multiple. I don't do 3D tracking. I keep it a single spot in the center of the. Uh, Center of the uh, sensor there, and I will do matrix metering as well. I don't do a spot metering like that. I do matrix, so that's what I use for my focus. And that's you know that's another big deal with lenses too. You got to have a lens that'll focus fast too. Yeah.
2: You know? I all my Canon lenses are L class, so you know I I have the best. But I'm I'm just gonna without hopefully criticizing myself, what I love about your photos that I I, I look at mine and I go, what, what is he doing? But you have such a huge depth of color and contrast compared to, to mine. And I just, I got to know, is this coming out of the camera this way? Or do you have oh. some just wonderful <laughs> magic post tool that is just to die for? Cause they yeah. are beautiful, beautiful okay. images okay. coming Thank out you. of those cameras. lenses. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, a lot of it does have to do with
2: post-processing.
1: Um, I use Lightroom, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, I use Lightroom probably 98% of the time. I might go into Photoshop to clone something out, but I'm having a hard time cloning out, like a, you know, it might be a bird in the background or a, a, a fence post or something like that. I might go into Photoshop to, to clone something out, but for the most part, it's uh, all done in Lightroom.
2: <laughs> I'm just gonna stop real so, quick. This is this is where I'm taking over the podcast. You know, David, I'm I am a Photoshop guy, but I've had it since 4.0. And I yeah. cannot, I've tried using Lightroom and maybe I just need the, a better person to teach it to me, but it frustrates me so much. I love Photoshop. I use another, t- <laughs> I use a thumbnail tool called a uh, Breeze Browser where I do all my thumbnails. I, gr- I grab them and I pull them in Photoshop and I just, I, I'm used to it. And so you could call me old school. You know, because I think some of the people who just can't deal with Lightroom are those who've just been using Photoshop for so long. But the fact that you're using Lightroom to produce this really kicks me in the pants, man. It's like <laughs> I, I gotta, I, I'm gonna, I gotta figure out if it's something in there, because and maybe I need to take a, a David Hart uh, photo class.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, uh, I did when I when I first started using because uh, I had Photoshop Elements to begin with when I first started getting into photography, and um, when I started using Lightroom, I did hours and hours and hours of of research on, on YouTube and Google and all that stuff. So, um, but I, I, if I'm using both programs, I love Lightroom. I mean, it's just so, so quick and easy to me compared to Photoshop. But, but like you said, some, some guys like the Photoshop because they've been using it for so long. So.
3: How much overlap is there in capability between those two? What's that? I'm sorry. How much overlap between those two programs is there?
2: Well, I'd say it's a lot. A Lightroom a, a does lot everything. A well, Lightroom does everything Photoshop can, but the tools are different and I think uh you you can batch more stuff if if I'm not mistaken. Uh but I I mean there, there we could have a whole Lightroom discussion, so maybe we'll have David come back cuz there's a <laughs> there's a whole the whole thing I don't like about Lightroom is the catalogs. And and maybe yeah. that works for you, but for me for the jobs I've been doing and I don't know if you know if you. Looked up my, me. I mean, I've been a wedding photographer for 15 plus years, almost 20 years. Goodness gracious. And so I, I've been doing that business for a long time and I can get my jobs done without, you know, without feeling like it's a bog, like Photoshop doesn't slow me down. And I know Lightroom is the thing. I mean, I've got a friend who's a photographer. He's gone from, you know, Photoshop to Lightroom only and I, that's impressive but i'm going to go back to the photography here is like you're using lightroom but is there an add-on or something that you're using to to pop these colors cuz it is amazing the the amount of depth it's almost like you you've got some kind of hdr going on not too much cuz i'm i'm really against that stuff but i mean i'm looking at a shot of a saber here and my gosh it is just so tack sharp and just so lovely i'm i'm so much detail and i'm like i can't get that and and I'm usually like facing the the sun on on the events I'm attending.
0: <laughs> so,
2: yeah, no, it's all it's all Lightroom, um, no
1: add-ons, uh, and these these are all JPEG photos too. None of them are raw. Um, usually, when I go to these these events, you know, I know I'm going to be shooting thousands of photos, and I know memory is not expensive anymore. But um, you know, the, the only ones that I shoot in raw are the uh, basically the static shots. I, I I carry two bodies with me. My my second body is the D seventy two hundred. So I'll have a uh, I'll have an 18 to 140 lens on that to do the flight line shots and static shots, and I'll shoot raw on that because I know I'm not going to be shooting thousands and thousands of pictures. Like I said, it probably might sound silly with memory nowadays, and uh, but I just don't really see the need to shoot raw for this this kind of stuff. But um, but no, that's all. Everything you see in my photos is all Lightroom. There's no plugins. Um, I used to use the Nick Collection plugin. Um, for some of the black and white stuff, just to get a little more pop. Um, but I uh, haven't used that in a while. Actually, with the updates on Lightroom, I've got to figure out how to get that back in there. But, <laughs> but
2: uh, well, I'm also curious, no, it's you're, all Lightroom. You're, you're shooting about a thousandth of a second on some of these shots you were telling me. So about what's the highest ISO you think you're reaching? Because I don't see a lot of noise in your photos. And so something I've introduced to Terry and maybe Fitz, but I use a, a product called Neat that I love using to clear up my skies and really smooth uh, some of the grain out when I'm, when I'm shooting fast and I'm, my ISO might shoot to 600 or something like that. But do you ever see any noise? Do you ever feel like there's too much?
1: Uh, a little bit. Um, it doesn't usually get too high. Like I said, when they get below the tree line, it might jump up a little bit, uh, to compensate, but, uh, it usually doesn't get to more than probably ISO 400 or so. So, um, yeah, it's not usually too bad. And, um, I'll just use the denoise and, uh, the noise reduction in Lightroom if I need to. But, you know, it depends too. If I, if I give it a little too much clarity, it'll bring a little bit of noise into it too. But, um but now it's not too bad. So.
2: Well, Terry, I'm going to let you finish talking to David while I start downloading Lightroom updates. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have another uh, question
3: about all oh, this. Oh, yeah.
2: Go ahead. Well, go ahead.
3: Well, you guys can continue that part, but when you're done talking the technical side, I want to talk about the the other side of shooting model airplanes, which involves the pilot. So, are you guys done with your camera switches? And oh pilot? yeah, well,
2: that's a we, he and I can have that talk another day. <laughs> yeah, because I know that the, some of the other questions I wanted to ask is like, although you do a lot of aviation photography, you you have in your Flickr gallery a lot of different events. I'm just curious what your passions are.
1: Well, oh, my, 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 my passion is, is uh, air, air, aircraft stuff first. Uh, that's, that's what I'm really into. Um, I do like nature, nature photography. I'm, I'm, I'm big into sunsets and uh, stuff like that. And one other, one other thing that I'd like to get more into is uh, night photography, uh, long exposure stuff. I think that stuff is really cool. Uh, I was down in the Keys uh, a few months ago on vacation and uh was able to get some shots of the milky way while I was down there and um, just some of that stuff is just so cool to me so um but uh airplane stuff is my is my passion um i've done a few weddings and <laughs> i don't enjoy doing those those aren't too fun but uh yeah airplane stuff is my passion right now so we'll
2: see my i would say i love doing weddings uh and I, I, told all the clients I had, I said, once, you know, I started having kids, I'm pretty, would be out of the business because I, I need my weekends for my kids. And that is, uh, completely true. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent true. My kids have dominated my life. So when I do get yeah. a chance to get on a, a weekend, I, I usually have to book it way in advance to tell my kids, I can't love you that weekend. I'm going fine. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go take pictures. Uh, well, I've but, had
1: people ask me, you know, why don't you do wedding photography? And, and, you know, that's just it. You know, your weekends are pretty much shot. Nobody gets married, uh, during the week typically. So. Yeah, only in Vegas. I've got, yeah, <laughs> I've got two daughters myself. I've got one, my oldest one's twenty, and my youngest one will be fifteen here in a couple of weeks. So I still have my kids that I deal with on the weekend and and family stuff, and you know. So.
2: And just but, so you uh, guys know, I have not. I have not done a wedding because of Best. <laughs> 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 I have booked Best, and by the way, uh, David, let you know Best is an event called uh, Best Electrics in South Texas. Uh, in a here in Texas in uh, New, New Waverly, and uh, this will be my fifteenth year to go. So I, I do not book weddings uh, during Best. So
3: yeah.
1: I'm
2: I'm sure you you know you plan Top Gun. I mean, how how many years have you been yeah? How many years have you been doing Top Gun?
1: Well, let's see. The first event I did for Frank was uh it was back then it was Monster Planes, and that was October 2010. So I've been going to Top Gun, and I went to Top Gun. Uh, I think starting in 2009, it's just a spectator. But I started doing photos for Frank in October 2010, so Top Gun 2011 would have been my first year uh, so, doing pictures. So that's okay. Frank Frank Tiano,
0: the, correct? The event yeah.
1: And I and I've got to I've got to uh, give a big shout out to him uh, for getting me, you know, uh, giving me this opportunity to, to to work for him and and take these pictures. It's gotten my name out there, Um, you know, and I've been able to do a lot of the magazine stuff
3: and. And um,
1: so, yeah, I've, Frank has been a big, you know, big help with this.
3: So, Yeah. I've never met Frank, but he has a reputation as an enabler. The, one yep. of the editors that I used to work for, um, Frank was a columnist for them. And this was back when they used newspaper print and they had a black and white cover. And uh, yeah. as I understand the story, he's like, no, you need to go to a full color cover with the glossy print. And the editor is like, no, I can't afford that. And this is all a small operation. And, I think Frank bankrolled that first edition <clears throat> and the profits after that went through the roof. So,
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's, 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 the it's, it's amazing what, uh, you know, what, what, uh, kind of paper and they use for photos, how much of a difference it makes. It's, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure you've seen lately some of the magazines are going to thinner paper and, you know, it's, they're having, they're struggling. Some of the magazines are now, but, um, yeah. which is unfortunate, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I got started was uh, Frank gave me this opportunity, and it's, it's been great. So, hopefully, uh, he'll keep having these events, and I'll be able to keep going. Fortunately, I live an hour and a half from the field where he puts these events on, so I've been right. real been real lucky. So.
3: so, do you have a nice velvet rope around your area, and you're segregated from the other photographers? <laughs> the <laughs> no, it's funny. It, it's funny that you mentioned that.
1: Uh, I, I don't know if you know Rich Urovich. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's always at these, these events because he lives in Melbourne area. So, uh, him and I are always joking. He'll, he'll be at the events and I'll be out there taking pictures and he'll walk up and I'll, I'll basically put my arms out like blocking him from taking pictures. <laughs> we, we joke around each other a lot, with each other a lot about the, this is my space, man. You can to go down to that other end. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, no, we, 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 uh, me and the other guys that are out there on the flight line we we enjoy each other and we don't get in each other's way we kind of now there's there's some there's some guys that uh that are there at the event participating that will walk in front of and you just you know not paying attention to stuff like that but for the most part it's it's cool so
2: i had that one guy at oshkosh last year <laughs> <laughs> well, you took
0: you care can, of that. you can listen to that episode <laughs> so
3: speaking of the top way, gun... Yeah. Uh, you cool. ran into our buddy Chris Wolf?
1: Yes, and, I did. I think that's the first time I've met him. Uh, we've been friends on Facebook and stuff, but I think that's the first time I've actually met him in person, so.
3: Okay. Yeah, we, none of us have met him in person, but he's been on the show and we've chatted offline quite a bit. And, uh, yeah. Lee, didn't you say that Wally, you,
2: you made introductions yeah. there? You, you chatted with my friend, uh, Wally Warren for about an hour.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember him uh, coming up and introducing himself. Uh, there's a lot of people that I haven't met that do come up to me and and introduce themselves. So sometimes I, it's hard for me to remember who's who. But <laughs> no,
2: well, I I told but him I to look for you. I, yeah, you posted photos of his uh his bear cat, and I I told him said, hey, you need to go find him, and he said he chatted with you for about an hour. And uh, you, oh yeah, you know, he had the uh, the blue bear cat, right? Yeah. Were you there when his engine seized? Um, no, but I heard about it. He told me
1: about it. So actually I was there, but I didn't see, uh, I didn't see it come, you know, I didn't see him bring it in, but uh, fortunately he didn't, um, have any issues getting it down to the ground. So
2: yeah, his friend, Barry, I think he had the wildcat.
1: Yep. Barry Rayburn. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So now I, I remember who he is now that you mentioned the bear cat.
2: Hey, so uh, let's let's stay on Top Gun for a second. What was your favorite uh, aircraft at Top Gun this year?
1: Oh boy, that's, that's a tough one. Uh,
2: I know, but I want to put you on the spot. That's what we do here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I, I speaking of the photos from Top Gun. They are now uploaded to my Flickr page. So um, there was a uh, an L thirty nine there. Uh, actually, it said L59 on it. I guess it's a variant of an L39 that had guns and stuff on it. But uh, it's it's on my Flickr page now. Um, that thing, looking at the pictures, I mean, a lot of these things, a lot of these 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 models, looking at them in pictures, they look like the real thing. But this this L59, it it, uh, it was amazing the amount of detail this guy had on it. Um, that was probably one of the top ones. Um, and then there was the Corsair. That had the, uh, lucky gallon, um, had the, uh, lucky gallon painted on the, uh, fuselage. It was a Reno racer. That, that airplane was a beautiful airplane. Um, so probably those two were probably my top ones, um, that I saw there. Now, of course, the SR-71. That, that, out of all of them, that was probably on the top of the list. I've seen that one there before, but it was neat to see some other airplanes there that I hadn't seen yet.
3: You Posted a picture of the SR-71 with the the jet wash coming off. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, it's not not as sharp
1: as I would like. Because um, well, it, I wasn't gonna rough. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always trying to catch those unique shot, unique angles, unique shots that you don't normally see. So. And I, and, um, I'm always trying to get that. I think it looks cool when you can see that, uh, the heat haze coming off the trees or whatever. It just makes it look more, so more realistic. So, um, but, but yeah, that SR 71, that's, that, that's a pretty amazing airplane.
3: All right. So let's talk about the, the other side of taking pictures of model airplanes. So I know Fitz Lee and I have helped each other out with pictures for reviews, and in that case, you, know, you talk to each other, you you know, we're pretty comfortable flying and taking pictures, so it's all a coordinated effort, but where you, you're at an event like this, and obviously at Top Gun, those guys don't care what you're trying to do, they're just going to fly the airplane to try to win, um, so do you have trouble in those situations where yeah, the, uh, the pilots yeah, utterly...
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that when I'm out on the flight line with some other photographers, you know some of these guys, especially Top Gun, they're concentrating so much on on um, the way they're flying their airplane and and making the maneuver look realistic. A lot of times they'll fly out further away from the judges uh, and sometimes so that makes it difficult to get some of these some of the shots. Um, yeah, it, 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 the, me and the other photographer, photographers will joke sometimes, you know. You know, this guy wants a shot of his airplane to show up on a magazine or a website or something, but yet he's flying a mile away. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, my uh, experience at some non-competitive events is they see me standing next to the flight with the camera They're like, oh, he wants to take a picture of my plane. I better go faster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, uh, it's not so much that. It's just uh, uh, like I said, uh, it, it just I guess it depends on how comfortable they are flying their airplane too. Some guys will fly them on real close um some guys will fly them further out um but uh i don't even know a lot of times really if the guys are paying attention if there's photographers out there or not but um but uh, yeah it it just just depends on who the pilot is um on getting some of these shots like i said some will fly in closer some will fly further out but top gun seems to be a more difficult event compared to others because they're seems like they're flying a little further out and concentrating on on um <clears throat> their maneuvers so sure that makes sense yeah, you know, some some sometimes the planes fly straighter than others, so it's harder to track them because they're going up and down. Or you know, it depends if it's windy. You know, it's always windy in Lakeland at uh, Frank's events usually. So, <laughs> and it's usually a crosswind, so um, that could be difficult too if it's windier than you know the planes are kind of going up and down more, especially if they don't have gyros in them or something like that. So,
3: All right. so speaking of crosswind conditions, I noticed in your album you've got a whole series of pictures of crashes and yeah. what I what I thought was particularly good is it's not typically one frame you have the whole series of you, you tend to stick with it which is unique so have you had to coach yourself how to do that or is it just come naturally
1: yeah, <laughs> do you no, know I, who's going
2: to crash next <laughs> <laughs> you see that guy just yeah, watch this
1: <laughs> yeah right well there's like I said before there's certain people that you watch that you know to watch out for um <laughs> But now I I still have to to teach myself to stay with it because um, sometimes you just you just watch it, you know. You you, it's it's like going to a full scale air show and taking pictures. You're always taking pictures of the airplanes and you're not really um, taking it in, I guess you could say, or enjoying it because you're you're focused so much on getting these shots. Um, Sometimes when something like the F eight Crusader um, crashed a Top Gun. I don't know what happened. He had some kind of radio issue or something, but um, I just watched it go in. I didn't have my my camera was on my side, and you know, you just, just sometimes you just watch it. So I still have to train myself sometimes to say, "Man, I should. I wish I would have got that shot." Or you know, even though it's not pretty to look at, um, you know, it's 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 kind of cool to have that, some of that stuff like that Waco and Stearman midair that I got. You know, that was just that to this day is probably one of the coolest sequences I've gotten for. Something like that. So, did you uh, see that series, Lee?
2: Oh yeah, I'm. I remember that because I remember he posted it, and I think I posted, and it, I think we both took those photos around the same time when I took the other one of the, uh, the what was it, tiger moth? Yeah,
3: that, I, don't remember. I don't remember. What yours was? Maybe yours yeah. was a
2: Jenny or something. But yeah. yeah. I'll share. I'll share my collection with David someday. <laughs> yep, definitely do.
3: <laughs> so, in those crash photos, do the the involved pilots to, to appreciate that you have good photos of a crash or does it just put, you know, um, well, I, I don't t- I,
1: like, I won't post anything on Facebook with something like that unless, you know, they say it's okay or something. Now I,
2: I saw that <laughs> it's going up. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, like I okay. said, I typically won't post something like that unless they're okay with it. But uh no, they usually, you know, they know stuff happens, and you know, it's part of the hobby. So they, you know, for the most part, they don't, they don't really. Now, if they've got a uh, uh, a landing that was where they're landing on the nose gear first instead of the, <laughs> the main gear or something <laughs> like that, you know, they don't, they don't really like seeing that kind of stuff. But uh, you yeah, know, the crash stuff, it's you know, it happens, unfortunately.
0: So. You, you had a series of pictures look like a bunch of guys were landing in a swamp or something. Where was that? Oh, uh, that was uh, Top 10, 2014, I think it was.
1: Um, yeah, they uh, that was the year that we had I don't know how many inches of rain in one day, and it just totally flooded the field out. And you know, a lot of those guys like to land and take off, or take off and land in the grass, and there wasn't much room there to do that. Well, some of them veered off into the
3: the water there, so. Yeah, yeah that looking was, at the um, photos, it's like lemmings. I
2: was like, yeah, "Why is everybody so flying into the water?" I know. I was uh, like, Are y'all trying to do touch and goes in the water? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was interesting. Near Top Gun. So. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe this might be a little bit controversial, but yeah, it seems uh, some of the videos I've seen that you got so there's guys that build these beautiful planes, but apparently don't fly them very often, and it kind of shows. Yeah, well, that and you've got guys there that uh, just finished the plane a week before
1: the event or two weeks before the event. You know, they spend all year getting ready and they finish them last minute. And they might only have one or two flights on before they get there. So, (laughs) but, uh, yeah.
3: So there aren't qualifying events to go to Top Gun?
1: Nope. No, it's just invitation only, you know, from Frank. He invites the people to uh, come fly at his events. But no, there is no... uh, no events before that. Okay. So. Interesting. So what's yeah. your
3: favorite event to work at? Um, well, that's a tough
1: call between, um, you know, I do, I do some small local events around town too, like the Blue Max. That's 15 minutes from my house. That's an all World War one event. Um, but I don't do a lot of big events. Unfortunately, I don't get out of the state very much because of my full time job. It's hard uh, to get the vacation time to do this and be with family. So. Um, but as far as like Frank, Frank's events, um, it's a toss up between top gun and 12 o'clock high, uh, you know, 12 o'clock high is the event he usually has in October and that's all scale aircraft, but it's the, it's, it's not a competition. So, you know, the guys fly whenever they want you see any kind of airplane there to basically that, that scale. Um, but it's, it's, it's just a fun flying events laid back there's and there's no competition. So. Uh, that's a really fun event. Top Gun, um, that's a great event, too. Uh, the guys are a little more tense there because it's competition, but the sure. uh, the people you see there is awesome. I mean, just that's, you know, half the reason I like going to these these events is, is um, hanging out with the people and meeting the people. So there's a lot of great people in this hobby.
3: Indeed. And I'm always surprised by how small the community really is. Like we talked about just a few minutes ago where we know people who were there who were talking to you. And it seems like any scenario I talk about a certain event, there's either, I know somebody who was there or there's commonality between friends.
0: So. Right. Yeah.
2: Have you considered doing video?
1: Um, not really. I mean, I've, I've tried a little bit here and there. Um, just never really been a big video guy. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't know. To me, with the still pictures, you're, you're freezing, you're freezing that, that moment in time. And, you know, that's something that you can hang on your wall or always have with you. I I've just never been a big video guy. I, I've got a, a DJI phantom three professional drone where I've done a little bit of video with that and some, some stills with that. Um, but uh yeah, not, not, not too much video. So.
3: It's funny you should mention that because when it comes to photography, I'm the, the phantom pilot of the camera. If yeah. it weren't for the automated features, I'd never get anything good.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like I said. I, I when it comes to photography, I've done a ton, a ton of research on uh, Google and uh, YouTube. So as far as you know, setting apertures and shutter speeds for different things, it, whether it be you know aircraft photography or nature or whatever. Um, so it's just uh, people don't realize with photography. I know you guys do, but some people don't realize, you know. How much goes into taking a a decent photo so (laughs) you know you you hear a lot of people say man you must have a really nice camera you know so
0: (laughs) (laughs) no no no, speaking of that i my main camera is a micro four thirds uh panasonic gh3 i believe it is and i got that because it's a smaller body uses smaller optics and it does really good video but what what are your thoughts on doing photographs still photographs with the micro four Thirds versus a, a full dlsr
1: um I, it just depends i mean if, it, if the camera's got a good sensor in it i mean there's there's no reason why you can't take you know just as good a shot with that as you could with a you know a, a nikon dslr body or a canon body um you know equipment does have a lot to do with the type of photos you get but um on the other hand, it might not. I mean you could take you could take one of the cheapest cameras out there, and probably get just as good a shot as somebody that's got one of the most expensive cameras out there. It all depends too what you're taking a picture of. Of course, you know, these RC planes, you can't just go out there with a point and shoot, you know, a little tiny thing and and get some of what um, you'd like to get. You know, you gotta have a, a long lens and something that'll do usually do uh you know, six Frames per second or more, or something like that. So I mean, equipment does matter, but it it all depends too on what you're taking pictures of. So,
0: so so you always shoot with a uh, uh, like a high speed shutter, multiple shots at once. You hold the shutter down and uh, snap off a
1: dozen. Yeah, of I shots. mean, I try. Yeah, I try not to uh, just sit there and hold the button down as, as as it's going by. You know, it depends if it's a jet that's you know hauling butt, then then I might do that, but uh, I try not to. Uh, you know, they call it, what do they call it? Uh, pray and spray or spray and spray? <laughs> spray and spray. I try not, yeah. I try not to do that. Um, you know, of course, you know, when you're at these events, you don't want to put, you try not to put as many shutter clicks on your camera too, because that's, you know, you're just wearing your camera out. But, uh, now I try, I try and fire off a few shots. I mean, because you're not every frame is going to be in focus. So, um, I, I probably get, I would say, out of all the pictures I take, the keepers. Let's just say Top Gun. I might use a third of the photos, a quarter to a third of the photos. So, um,
3: well, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, like I said, memory's so cheap. I don't delete them. I just leave them on an external hard drive, and that way, if I ever need to go back to find something, I've got it. But so, like, <laughs> so yeah, about a third, third to a quarter of the photos.
0: Uh, have you ever thought of? Uh, I don't. Know, maybe you guys discussed this before, but um, have you ever thought of? Uh, making a calendar of your shots from like a uh, Top Gun or something.
1: I actually have uh, started making calendars. I started out doing it for myself uh, for my office. I would just make a calendar of shots from the previous year. Um, and I decided to start actually making and selling. I actually sold some um, this year, starting this year, I uh, made a calendar and what I did is I made calendars of, uh, it was a mixture of RC and full scale. Because I, you know, I really like uh, full scale stuff too. So, um, so yeah, I did start selling calendars this year. It wasn't for an, a specific event. It was just those from the previous year, um, from full scale and RC.
0: Um, oh wow! Well, we'd love to have no, a link probably. or something. If you uh, have a page or a web store, we can cross post it on our Facebook page or something. Yeah, definitely. I'll
1: I'll send you a link to. It. Of course, you know, we're already in May, so. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link to that and I'll probably start doing this every year because, like, it's a little extra money here and there. So, and yeah. I had a pretty good response on it. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Another thing I do too, um, uh, with, uh, my photos is I'll make a book. Usually in January, I'll make a book from the year before of a bunch of photos that I took the year before. That way, it's kind of like a, uh, a coffee book, uh, coffee table book. Um, that way, I can go back and look at my photography um, from the year before. So I can go back. I've been doing it now probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. So I can go back and look at my photos and see how um, how my photography's changed. You know, how I've done things different, how I've edited the photos different, that type of thing. So, yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, that. I, we were. I was looking at your album, and I think I picked something from like 2010. Uh, and I could definitely tell you were using a different camera. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, back then I had a lot bigger watermark, and, yeah, I've learned a lot since then, and, um, yeah, so there was another thing, too, that I, that, oh, another thing I do, too, on my photos that I've changed a lot is I'll crop them differently. I don't use a standard, I don't typically use a standard ratio crop, um, because to me, especially with the RC stuff is, you know, I don't want all that sky above and below the airplane. If it's not dramatic, if it's just blue sky or something like that, I'll crop the the images to match the airplane or or the subject. It makes it it makes it to me more dramatic. So, um, you know, the website where I sell my stuff, I've had, yeah, you know, I, I tell people, look, if you're gonna buy something off my site, uh, especially with the RC stuff, is is to make sure that either you're gonna do a custom frame down the road. Or you let me know if you want a standard crop because I've had people order photos uh, off my website um, and they'll order it not knowing that it's not a standard crop and they'll get it and they'll they can't find a frame for it. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, so I, I warn people when they buy stuff off
0: my site about that.
1: But yeah, that's something else I do too is I'll crop my photos differently to to give it more drama, make it more dramatic. So. <laughs>
0: Now, have you ventured to other uh, events outside of Florida for model airplane events?
1: No, I haven't. I actually was just invited uh, the other day to go to Hawaii. Uh, they have a uh, little air show out there. Uh, I guess it's at Pearl Harbor at one of the hangars that was actually wow. still got bulls. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's Ford Island.
1: Uh, yeah, there's a, it's called the Biggest Little Air Show. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was invited to go to that. Uh, you yeah, it's only two weeks away. So unfortunately I'm not going to be able to make it, but, uh, but, uh, so no, the, I, I don't get out of Florida too much. Joe Knowles on my bucket list. I haven't made it there yet. Um, hoping to make it there soon. Um,
3: well, good thing you weren't planning it, to go this year.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
3: <laughs> so for those who don't know, it was yeah. scrubbed on Tuesday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people that were there and had to leave. So or a lot of, it's the people that were on their way there and had to turn around. <laughs>
3: probably a wise decision overall, but
1: yeah, tough to smile. So yeah, I've been, like I said, I've been fortunate to, to live an hour and a half away from Frank's events. And you know, his events are some of the biggest in the country. So I've been, I've been lucky.
3: All right. So think back over all these years, you've been doing this. If there was one shot that you could say, yep, I was at the right place at the right time with the right setting, ready to go.
1: And it, um, I, well, either the Laco Stearman Midair would be one, or there's one from the Blue Max. Uh, I believe it was 2016. Um, I got some shots of a couple airplanes on the runway, and the sky was just perfect. The color in the sky was perfect. We had low fog on the ground. Uh, that, that, that's one of the ones that really stands out to me is the, the one from the Blue Max. That's one of my favorites.
2: You mean um, the static shot of them just sitting there?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's very pretty. I like that.
1: Yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. Um I I have got a lot of, you know, some of the sunset stuff I really like too that I've done out at out at Top Gun. Some of those have come out really cool too. Um but yeah, the one that stands out to me is probably that Blue Max one and then the the midair between the walk
3: right. And now the opposite. Have you ever had a day where you thought you really got some good stuff and you get home and you're like, oh, this is garbage. What was I thinking? <laughs> um, No, not really. Um Now there are some shots that,
1: you know, I thought that I might've gotten that didn't come out like a bomb drop or something like that. I thought, man, I got, I got it coming off the airplane. I got it at the right spot and then I'll get on the computer and it's not that great. Um, there's, there's things like that, you know, cause you can look at your camera out in the, on the flight line or out, outside, it looks decent on there, but then you get on the computer and it's not that great. So there's some things like that, that I've, that I've missed that, um, but for the most part, I, I usually come away with, with keepers. So, uh, I'm sure in the beginning, when I first started, there was quite a bit that didn't uh, work out, but.
3: <laughs> yeah. You would hope the percentage uh, advances to your favor over the years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, too, and now I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know if you guys use back button focus on your cameras. That's another thing that I think helps with getting some of these shots, too. Um, what was that? Back button focus. Instead of using your, uh, you know, typically your camera, you would half press your shutter button, right? For focus. Yes. And then click. Well, um, I use back button focus, which is the AE, um, exposure, uh, lab focus lock button on the back of your camera, you can set your camera up and use that as your focus button. Instead of half pressing your shutter, you use your thumb on the back of your
0: camera. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. I use that uh, as well. And that,
0: I think that has helped uh, with some of my shots as far as getting them in focus. So. Oh, wow, Dave. Well, thanks for that big data dump. That's been, the information has been fantastic and very informative. I'm going to actually, I've been taking some notes. I'm going to implement, uh, some of your uh, settings and techniques because I also do some photography for uh, an event called the SAE, uh, aero design event, and uh, that's where I get to use a big fancy camera, a friend of mine, I think uses a Canon, uh, so uh, that's, the whole thing has been very informative and taking pictures of model airplanes is really difficult, I think, in a way, so uh, I think uh, you've, you make it look easy, I know it takes a lot of practice, but I really, really appreciate you given us the, the scoop on how you do it and hopefully that'll help us and anybody else who's listening to the program, uh, to A, appreciate what you do and B help make their photos better. And, uh, so I really thank you for joining us on that.
1: Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I really pre- appreciate you guys having me on. And like I said, I have no problem, uh, helping people out and their settings and all that good stuff. So yeah.
3: And, uh, thanks for having me on. It sounds like Lee has ordered Lightroom and a Nikon, right?
2: <laughs> halfway there. No 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 Lightroom? So no, I already have Lightroom. I just don't use it, but I, I might it might spark an interest for me to to play with it again. But uh, David, as as a fellow photographer, your work is incredible. I think you I think you should stop giving away advice for free. I feel lucky <laughs> that's one of your last uh, trainees or your students to get it for free but I this is something that you should be making a lot of money on. your, your work is that valuable. I think uh, I, I, you sound like you have a huge passion for uh, aviation photography like I do. you know Oshkosh for me was a dream come true and I you know I took a buttload of photos and all my camera gear for that but you uh, this should be people should be calling you or banging on your door to, to photograph their their aircraft both model and full scale and I really hope that this becomes a, a better venture for you.
1: Oh, I, I appreciate it. I, uh, like I said, I really enjoy doing it. And, um, it's just, it's, it's a passion of mine. And, um, uh, if, if I was hurting for money, then, you know, <laughs> I would probably, uh, you know, uh, charge, charge more for it and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's more of a hobby for me and, and I really enjoy doing it. So, and I, I really appreciate the kind words. It's, well, it's can I, can I really charge really people
2: for your photography so I can <laughs> put <laughs> them <box>. As, <laughs> as long the as I get a, thing, <laughs> yeah. Just,
1: that's fine. Just send me about 90%
2: of the cut. That's fine. Okay. Uh, take, I'll take free 10% of your quality of work.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, thank you so much. I, I, I'm looking forward to going through all the Top Gun photos you just posted and, and I, I, any, again, anything else you start attending. And please let us know. I mean, you should be not only invited to events, but they should be shuttling you to these events. Yeah. And uh, we, we definitely are going to keep uh, up to date on your uh, Facebook page.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, I've had I've had offers for people to help out. And uh, like I said, it's just getting the vacation time. So and 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 there's people out there that do appreciate what I do and they 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 really take care of me. And, you know, so for the most part, it's been it's
0: been really good. So Uh, speaking of other events, we we, we touched on that. uh, Joe Nell had been canceled this year. I guess they had a pending doom of fire and brimstone and rain. Uh, I don't Chihuahua. have a lot of d- details. Do you guys know exactly what happened? Was it the weather cancellation? Well, it was prediction of rain,
3: and the amount that was predicted was going to cause flooding when there was already a crowd of people there. So they were worried about people getting trapped and also damage to the facilities. Oh, wow. So, really? Yeah. Wow. And and I hate to call you out on mispronunciation, but you said "null." I believe it's "null." And the only thing that makes me confident of that is they are adding a new event called Null in the Fall.
0: Oh, okay. And well, 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 it is Nall in South Carolina.
3: just doesn't roll off the tongue.
0: Well, it is in South Carolina. So maybe it is now. They just pronounce now, it Null. Yeah. There's a, a silent W in there <laughs> or an invisible <laughs> W. You know, what's funny is I used to live in South Carolina and I never went to Joe Now. I didn't really think knew it existed. Of course, this is sort of the pre internet days or. The nascent internet day, so I just didn't know about it. But I feel really bad that I'd never actually been to this event, even though I live within an hour or two drive of it. And now I'm halfway across the country. And it's like, man, I really like to go to this event and see what it's like, but not as practical anymore.
3: Yeah, well, road trip, airplane, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I can tell you, I can tell you that the weather that they were supposed to get that came through Florida, we've been having rain for probably five, six days straight now. So. It doesn't surprise me that they, uh, that they did cancel it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. So, um, I think, uh, this, uh, we should, uh, round things off with, our workbench updates. And uh, I don't know if you guys have much. I actually have an update for myself, but, uh, if you guys have anything you want to go first, I'm all for that. Well, no, the only real question is what are you guys putting in that trailer for small? Everything. It sounds like it. <laughs> That's so a good. Any um, last-minute projects to wrap up before uh, small? Yeah, well, you know, I told you about my QT project, right? Yes. And um, I'm actually making really good progress on it. I've actually started covering it. Okay. So it's coming along. Uh, so I, I'm very, very confident it'll be ready by then. You guys hit the road on Thursday. Um, like a week. Weeks. Is it a week or two weeks? Two weeks. Oh, okay. So yeah. you've got a little bit of runway in front of you. Yeah, so we got time. Uh so that that's really the main thing I was building. I was if I had time I might have another plan I might get ready, but I don't know if I'll have time to get it ready. So but the QT was the main thing and I'm really happy that I've actually made some really good progress on it. And so it started covering. I was doing some work last night on it. So this weekend I probably should have it pretty much all covered and ready, uh, depending on how much time I can spend on it. But uh, so I'm really happy about that. I, I do need to test heavy. Yeah, and that's the next thing I need to do. I need to test run the engine. I need to do that as well. This, uh, this is pretty soon in case something comes up. I need to order parts or something. But I've got a couple of different engines. I think I can. One of them should work. <laughs> <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, because I know one's kind of old, but uh, so I've got a it's baby. It's an 049. They're all old. Yeah, they're all old, but I got a, a baby being a TD. And I know the TD runs, but it's kind of old and tired which is fine for that plane. And I got a baby beam, curious to see if that still runs. Uh, yeah, I'd rather put that on it. Uh, but uh, So I'm pretty happy with that. That's mainly the thing I've been working on. All
2: right, cool. What about you, Lee? I'm on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> I have not made any progress whatsoever for small, or for that matter, I've done very little progress on my Cessna 150. So I did finish the tail, uh, pieces so they're all covered and I was about to glue on the stab uh, today but as far as, as small I have not begun any work on the uh, 049 Thunder and Lightning uh, but I have I, I mean I have planes ready to go so I'm not uh, too concerned but I would like to have that ready uh, and uh, possibly even test flown so I, I think another project that Fitz and I have is to figure out how we're going to shove everything in that trailer. So that's a discussion he and I will have next week. Yeah. Well, yeah. sounds like it's just going to be Fitz's stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> It might be. I might as well just drop the trailer off at his house on Wednesday. <laughs> so.
3: All
0: right. And Fitz, I heard you've got a new boat event coming up. Uh Yes, on June 16th here in uh, South Houston in the Clear Lake area, I have uh, another boating event Uh, and uh, hopefully good, good weather show up. We always have a good crowd. Uh, I posted, Uh, I guess I'll have to cross post on our Facebook, uh, the, I have a flyer I've made up so I'll post that up so people can uh, take a look and see if they're interested in coming down. We usually have a lot of fun, lots of neat stuff shows up. Uh and so we do cell boats, bar boats, uh, pretty much anything along as it's electric powered or wind powered. And we usually we all have a good time for a few hours in the morning. And uh, so uh looking forward to that.
2: Cool yes. man. I know my neighbor Steve wants to go, so we'll yeah. we're definitely gonna try to schedule that. You're gonna try to make it down, Lee? Oh yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Of course.
2: You're, I had fun last time. You're not gonna love your kids that weekend?
0: No, that's the that morning. No, no love that weekend. <laughs> oh, great. hope you can make it down. That'd be fantastic. Actually, take your kid with you. He, he had a pretty good time last time, didn't he, with his boat with the camera on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. I just want some Fitz time. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you cared. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> so do I. I need a vacation ah. for myself.
2: But. No, my, my neighbor, Steve, he wants to bring our sailboat. So I'll, I'll be bringing yeah. the Dragon 65 and the Victoria. Oh, nice. Oh, and I'll bring you that extra uh, gear drive, my GWS gear drive for your
0: submarine. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, I'll bring the submarine. Actually, I know some submarine guys. I'm trying to get one of them, at least one of them to come out. They've got some really nice stuff. Uh, I was talking to them the other day. So, if any luck, I can drag, drag some of those guys out. Cool. Sure. All right. Uh, you, Terry, anything?
3: Um... D- are we talking workbench?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Got... I
3: got a new kit to build, and oh. we can talk about it next time. But it's the Sky Ranger Forty from Old School Model Works. Uh, gotcha. And shows up as a box of lumber that apparently you have to glue together or something.
0: It's got instructions. Says make
3: plane. Yeah. Um, no, oh. it, it looks like a modern variation on the stick theme. So I'm anxious to get started on it, and I think it's going to be cool.
0: Cool beans. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Dave? Do you ever build an aircraft, like from a kit or anything like that? Nope, nope, I've never
1: built anything. Um, mm-hmm. like I said, with having, you know, younger kids when I got into it and doing other things, uh, I just always bought the Bind and Fly stuff. And <laughs> so, no, no, I've never built anything. Ah, well, the first time for everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so, well, just having the, 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 I don't even have a workbench. <laughs> <laughs> to build something on, so that's that's what the kitchen table's for. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the guys that's uh, that actually
0: parks his car in a garage. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah, you guys
3: leave him alone. He might like building planes more than taking photos, and then we'll all be screwed. Oh yeah, good point.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, what do we do? Don't build a plane. Don't enjoy it. Yeah,
3: I think if I took
1: on any more, my wife uh, would would probably kill me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're, you're so far away from that. Just wait till you see what we have to <laughs> try to survive with. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, well, guys, it's been great. Uh, another great show, uh, but, uh, especially when it's informative. And uh, Dave, so much, thanks again for uh, joining us. Uh, we look forward to see what other of your pictures grace the covers and in insides of magazines in the future. And hopefully we can cross paths sometime and some event in the future as well. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thanks
1: again for having me. Uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope I can keep doing it.
0: So, All right. Keep on keeping on, as they say. And I yep. think that'll wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.